Welcome to the Midnight Train to Sleepy Hills. We hope you enjoy your ride, and we ask all guests to be aware of your surroundings, because there is danger in Sleepy Hills. Additionally, we will be releasing new episodes weekly, so stay tuned, and please like and subscribe. Now, back to our latest installment. Bruce sat at his desk, sipping away at his coffee mug. He was working on a new promotional for Brenda Myers, whose late husband left a vast fortune. It was from Bruce's perspective that Miss Myers intended to squander the riches that her late husband had left behind. But I guess a reptilian petting zoo wasn't the worst way to blow through cash. Staring at a close-up image of a snake sticking its tongue out, and an out-of-focus image of snake eggs, with a few of them showing visible cracks, was what she wanted. A sigh left Bruce, and he dreamed of days that had gone by. He thought vividly about the big city life that he had left behind. It was when big box retailers would use his skills to help pump up sales, Yes, although it was a special going on or an out-of-business event, there was much more excitement than a, a reptilian petting zoo. Funny enough, though, those going-out-of-business events would stretch for decades for the exact company. I guess you can go out of business. It just takes just a few decades before it really does close down. It's not what you say, but how you say it that matters the most. It was a saying that would resurface again and again in his mind. Professor McCreet would say those exact words anytime a student would complain in marketing class. The complaints would usually be caused by the boring products we were required to pitch in class. College seems so long ago, thought Bruce, as he stared at the screen. Bruce enjoyed the art of convincing others to desire something they had no intention of ever buying. People were creatures of habit. Moreover, those creatures need a good nudge from time to time. Making the undesirable and turning that into a focal point. A smile spread across Bruce's face. That was the kind of stuff that got Bruce going. It's what attracted him to marketing in the first place. Was it manipulation? Sure thing it was. And why should manipulation be such a bad thing? From Bruce's perspective, everything was manipulation. Fathers and mothers manip manipulate their children to favor eating vegetables, while the church changes their new members to follow the Ten Commandments. The government uses threats of poverty, prison, and death to get people to conform to their way. Unfortunately, I'm nothing more than a small cog in this machine called society, thought Bruce as he continued to look at the screen. As Bruce finished the last few drops of coffee, 
He reluctantly clicked print. I swear this should be exactly the way Miss Myers wanted it. However, what Larry told him intrigued him. As he slowly got up and walked over to the printer, there was another thought that creeped up into his mind. The couple who were camping at Cloudy Forest State Park. If memory serves me right, the barfly is not far from the park. It must be, um, more like a half a mile away. <laughs> Come on, Bruce, he said silently to, silently to himself as he dodged chairs and papers on the dark blue carpet. The odds are that the campers were attacked by a bear or maybe a pack of rabid coyotes. That sounded more plausible. I wonder what would have given the police evidence to suspect foul play. The most pressing matter at this moment is to get this promotional flyer to Miss Myers. Looking at the printer, a blinking light. The pace of that light began to speed up. Lucy slowly walked away, sneaking from one pile of tires to the next. She needed to get that bumper, but she was way too weak to pull the bumper out of the dumpster, let alone even be able to grasp it. Maybe this was all for nothing, she contemplated. As she thought of her next move, was all of this for nothing, she thought to herself. Crossing the street, her focus began to change, but all habits die hard. When I lack in physical strength, I can make up with detailed observation. Taking a seat back on the stone bench, she collected all of the information she had so far. As Lucy thought of the events that had unfolded, she started to make a list of how things went. First, Billy was hit by a car and ran over the night before. Then the driver left the scene of the accident. Second, I called 911 and the police eventually showed up, but not before the green-eyed stranger showed up and took Billy away with his wheelchair. Third, the police got there and they didn't believe me. And why should they? Lucy pursed her lips at how the officer looked at her last night. I guess honesty may be the best policy, but it sure didn't reinforce faith or confidence. Man, I need to stay on track, she said to herself silently, starting to feel frustrated and about to go on a long tangent about her negative encounter with the local law enforcement. As she slowly reflected on what had transpired so far, she ignored the world around her and resumed at how all of this would fit and what ultimately would be her next move. 
Billy was trying to inform Lucy that he was going to look for the car that hit him. But Lucy appeared to be more concerned on organizing the events that occurred than pressing forward. That's when Billy realized how insane it was trying to communicate to Lucy really was. Looking up at Lucy now, stern expression, he knew it didn't matter what he did, short of biting or scratching her. She sat unnaturally still, probably planning on or obsessing over every detail of her next move. The downside, at least for Billy's sake, was that the car that probably hit him is either being repaired or had already left. The idea of that car not being there caused Billy to have a dry mouth. Billy was beginning to start pacing around the stone bench when he realized his only way to achieve any relief was to search the auto repair shop and find the car. He turned away and quietly left Lucy to her ponderings. Leaving her, he stopped and looked from right to left to safely cross the street and return to the land of air tools. The sensation of walking forward was such an odd experience. It felt like I was going to fall forward on my face, but the trusty tail somehow prevented that from occurring. Yet I felt so light that a gentle breeze could easily throw me in the air. As Billy hid behind a set of tires, the gravity of the situation was starting to set in. What have I become? Billy wanted to scream out for help, but what good would that do? Could this be reversed? An unsettling heaviness of anger and fear showered his now tiny black frame. I'll have time to mourn the loss of a life once lived. And maybe someday I could get used to being like this. However, the chance to possibly catch the person who did this to me and prevent them from doing this again to someone else. That must mean something, Billy thought, trying to encourage himself to continue onward. I served this country unwillingly to protect people I would never meet. Yet again, I find myself in a situation that I never asked to be involved in. Enduring hardship was not just a slogan for Billy. He lived and breathed it. Maybe there is a way to turn this around. But at the very least, helping Lucy seemed like the best plan. For now. Billy proceeded, but felt a bit heavier. In the face of all the unsurmountable obstacles that he would face from now on. In front of him, four car lifts on each side of the shop, and three cars all the way at the far end were present. He had difficulty seeing the cars at the far end of the shop. He stepped forward and felt the gentle breeze of a large fan humming along greeting him into the shop. 
sneaking behind the large rolling oil drums that stored used motor oil seemed to hide Bailey fairly well. The good news was there was there were only uh, two mechanics in the shop. I guess it must be lunchtime, he thought. Further past the cars on the lifts were the three cars at the far end in which he wanted a better look at. As he snuck behind three rolling drums, he neared the back. Inspecting the car on the right immediately brought a flashback of two headlights racing towards him. The sensation of vomiting was strong, but he held back. A spark went off in his tiny brain of the sounds of bones breaking and flesh being burned away. The head impact and his spine twisting was just the appetizer, and what followed afterwards made his skin crawl. As the distance between him and the car to the night narrowed, he heard the footsteps of one of the mechanics heading in his direction. Quietly getting into one of the lower compartments of a rolling toolbox nearby, he nudged himself close to one piece black mechanic work uniform and attempted to blend in. Hey, John, did you hear that the mayor is doing a big speech this Friday? No, came the reply as he walked to the far right of the garage to take another picture of the car that was brought in this morning. Damn, whoever drove this car ran over something pretty big. He took another picture to add to the report to submit to the insurance company. Turning away from the car, satisfied with his photography skills, he noticed something slightly off with Tony's rolling toolbox. Hey, John, I think there's something wrong with Tony's toolbox. What's wrong with it? came a reply. As Billy heard this, he maintained holding his breath and kept his eyes shut. The mechanic bent down and quickly inspected the lower compartment of the rolling tool cart. My, my, what do we have here? Billy wondered if he could escape at that moment. Tony is the one hoarding all the O-rings around here, exclaimed the mechanic nearby. The parts manager was not lying after all. Billy slowly opened his eyes, and the mechanic holding a cardboard box was just ten feet away from him. And another rolling toolbox, no less. A sigh of relief was about to be expressed from Billy until the mechanic walked by and accidentally bumped into the cart that he was hiding in. Billy at that point wanted to run like a bat out of hell, but he maintained his cool considering all the things 
that he's been going through as of late. And that concludes our episode for today on the Midnight Train to Sleepy Hills. Please stay tuned next week for our next episode and follow the journey.